0: They're heading to the exits here in Ohio, and a puck that comes in along the near side, and that is gonna do it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Columbus. Full check away, and now the counter. Here come the Caps. Kuznetsov gets loose. <laughs> Getty coming out of the middle with a shot, and it comes in over. He scores. He scores. Evgeny Getty Kuznetsov wins it for Washington. It's a draw, back out to center, and that is gonna do it! Good morning, good afternoon, and good night Tampa Bay!
1: Welcome back to Japers' perseric Radio, I am your host Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to be joined by both Kevin Klein and Steven Pepper to recap the Capitals' first ever Stanley Cup final victory in a game. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, how you doing, Steven?
2: I'm doing great. i uh, I was like game one feeling physically ill at around six o'clock and and kind of really uneasy about the start of this game. and now i just I feel so relaxed. I think we should all just take a moment of silence and just breathe after that third period.
0: Yeah, i I, I, think,
2: I, I,
0: I think that I'm actually still a little bit in shock from that. From that bad bounce off the back glass that resulted in Holpe having to make uh, the biggest save in, in Capitals franchise history in order to preserve that win. But I feel mm-hmm. great. I'm recording all of the highlights, all of the uh, the punditry and the commentary, which is completely unpalatable after after a loss and, and the kind of thing that you can't get enough of. Um, when they win so yeah I mean first ever Stanley Cup final uh game victory and uh man it's pretty sweet and you know what they they're bringing it back to DC tied one to one which is all you could have really asked for going in there and uh they took the long way but yeah the scenic route but they they took care of business
1: yeah uh I'm not gonna lie to you guys uh, when all the pundits were kind of talking about how that was going to be the biggest save in Capitals history and it was going to be remembered for decades and all this stuff. I think it was Pierre Maguire saying that. I was like, you know what? If the Capitals give up a goal after that, no one's going to remember this save like two days from now. Let alone...
0: (laughs)
2: The was well in front
0: of the horse at that point. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But people remember Jay Beagle uh, diving to stop uh, Penguin's goal uh, right before uh, like, Benino scored another time. Not an really overtime. talked
1: about though. Like yeah, <laughs> I don't remember it, but it's like, yeah. It, you know, like, they still lost the game. Uh, yeah. That, so uh, I don't know. I, I they were definitely putting the cart before the horse. But it, what a, what a great performance by Hopi on both the five on three and, and really the whole third period where. Uh, I mean, Vegas, I think they, they said it in the broadcast that the Capitals held Vegas without a shot for like six or seven minutes. And Vegas still ended up with 15 shots in the period, including, uh, I think it was around eight on, the, on those two power plays. Um, I, I do want to start off with, with, you know, bring everybody back down to earth here before we get to all, all, all the great, fantastic stuff. Uh, I want to real fast touch on, on discipline a little bit. Um, we, we knew that there was going to be some of the stuff going around after how nothing was called in game one. But uh, I thought the Capitals kind of showed uh, a discipline issue that we haven't really seen from them since uh, Game 2 of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals against uh, Columbus, which was just stupid, uh, unnecessary penalties that almost cost them this game. Uh, Steven, I want, I want to start with you. What do you kind of think about like the Capitals' discipline here, and uh, h- how do you think they can correct that moving forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, it did seem so. You, you could put the uh, the check to the head call on Brooks Orpik by James Neal aside and say, um, you know, looks like Neal poked himself in the face on that one. But definitely, as the game wore on, it seemed like there were things that arguably could have been called on the Vegas side, and the and the cap side was more of a r- retaliatory type penalty, not necessarily roughing, but like, well, if we saw them get away with it, we can do that too. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty scary there in the third period. Um, they definitely let that part of the game get away from them a little bit. Um, You know that's that. I mean, this team seems to do its best when it's got some severe adversity against it, and um, you know you don't want to go five-on-three again. I don't want to see that again for the rest of the series, although we might. But that, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that needs to be corrected because, um, for sure, that lead was not at all comfortable, and without the heroics from Holby aforementioned um, coming through, we we would be we would be watching overtime at this point at least
1: yeah I, I don't know about you kevin do you have any more thoughts on that or, or, or are you just trying like, to like to ride the high and, and bring over listeners back on the high note
0: <laughs> no no i i think that the the discipline was a problem i don't think it's necessarily a thing that transitions game to game but it could have been worse right i mean they they gave the caps a uh I, they administered four-on-four hockey on the uh, Backstrom interference. I forget who the, who the Vegas player was, uh, and and I, you know, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a weak uh, embellishment call. It kind of more felt like they didn't think that oh, it was a good yeah. pressure sure. to oh, hand out a power play. Yeah, and uh, that to me just looked pretty egregious by Backstrom. So it, it could have been worse. Um, but then. And on the other side of things, you know, Holpi or excuse me, Oshi uh, was boarded by uh, Colin Miller right before he took that interference penalty well that's what um, i was talking really about
2: klein yeah he, i mean he just came right back and knocked him down and that was the retaliation so yeah, it was like yeah. it was
0: like a penalty for for being stronger on your skates but at, but at the same time when you've got the lead and and the refs uh were calling it like they were you don't really want to give them the opportunity right it was uh the opportunity to give vegas a power play the difference was was, was Oshie oh, got hit into the boards, and so he kept his feet, and uh, Miller got hit in, in open ice, and so he went down. Um, so, yeah, discipline was a problem. And, th- and then you had the Lars Eller hook that, uh, you know, no penalty to put you five on three is a good penalty, uh, but if he doesn't take it, you're giving you're giving the streaking winger there uh, a, a shot on hope, where uh, James Neal basically scored from to open the scoring in this game, except on the other side of the ice. So, obviously, big problem, discipline tonight, but I don't know if it's really the kind of thing that uh, uh, that carries over game to game. And really, if it is, it's 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 about the officiating, right? They're the ones who are um, kind of setting a standard and, and, and then enforcing it. Um, but that's been a common theme throughout these entire playoffs and, and really an entirely different tangent.
2: Well, on that note, you know Carlson got cross-checked again tonight, and it was called. So, progress. Yeah, not a, uh, it,
0: if only that had happened.
2: uh yeah,
1: when, when it should have. hours been earlier, right? <laughs> I, I, I think I tweeted that right away after. Right? It, it's yes, congratulations, like officials, you did your job. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, but like, I don't want to see a like the the announcers made it sound like it was some sort of like glorious thing that they got it right, and it, it was like somehow vindication for getting it wrong the first time. Uh, well, guys, like,
2: but the good news is that in this game, you know, we can't say that, and a, 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 a certain call dramatically affected the outcome of the game. No, you know, no, thankfully,
1: it, it, it's nice that, that we didn't have that happen. Um, man, I'm just gonna be Debbie Downer today, aren't I? Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov is got got hit, cut by.
0: Uh, we'll get all the we'll get all the yeah back. get all this out, out, of the the, out of the way so um, you know while our while our listeners are still uh, So high while they're while they they're still interested down. and then as they're fading away we hook them with a do yes
1: it's really we're really quite manipulative here we're just messing with their emotions um but <laughs> Kuznetsov takes a hit from McNabb uh, correct me if I'm wrong there um got him a, a it was kind of a weird hit. Um, I thought McNabb kind of left his feet kind of as he made contact. Um, and he definitely clipped him with the elbow. But that's not at all what injured Kuznetsov. It looks like Kuznetsov had some sort of uh, extremity injury. I'm not sure if it was you know, forearm, wrist, hand, whatever. I, I really got no clue. I don't know if you guys got a better shoulder. idea. On that. Shoulder. Yeah, I hope not shoulder because that's something he's had trouble with in the past. Um, but not since it came over from Russia. But um i i I don't know guys i mean i I think the consensus for most people is that it was a clean hit I, i don't really want to spend too much time debating it but um obviously the caps need kuznetsov back uh kevin i'm going to go back to you on this one kind of what are your thoughts on kuznetsov being out and quick thoughts on the hit i don't want to spend too much time rehashing it
0: yeah um my quick thought on the hit was was that it, it didn't seem egregious to me. I guess the elbow came up a little high, but it didn't seem like uh, anything out of the normal. Um, I I think it looks worse from different angles than others, but um, I don't think there needs to be any supplemental discipline or, or anything like that. Um, though if there is, the fact that Kuznetsov didn't come back to the game could could come into it. Uh, but moving on to the absence of Kuznetsov, I mean, obviously it's huge, right? Uh, and it's a really sh- shitty way to end your franchise best uh, 11 game playoff points streak or whatever he had. Um, because I'm, you know, he played in this game, so it's going to go against him in that regard. Um, you know, he's a superstar player. He, he was, he's in the the conversation for con Smythe. Uh, if things should shake out that way. And uh, it's just about as brutal a blow as you can be dealt. Now we don't know the extent of the industry or the, uh, the injury and, and the team, yeah, uh, and and the, the team's obviously going to play it close to the vest at this time of year, um, so all we can hope for is, is that it wasn't as bad as it looked. Um, I thought it could have either been a shoulder or a wrist and um, we'll touch on this later, but you know, the flip side of it is that Lars Eller seems to thrive when he gets knocked up the lineup like he did tonight. Um, So even if the worst case scenario were to transpire, um, a guy who's shown that he can elevate his game when called upon is, is waiting in the wings uh, and the caps have a game plan that they have deployed to great success. In these playoffs, um, that they can modify for their current opponent, and it, it's not as dire as it could be. But obviously, my fingers are crossed that uh, that, that Kuzi comes back. Maybe it's the type of thing where where he comes back and he and he and he plays hurt, and uh, you get a 60% Kuznetsov, which is probably better than half the guys in the league. So you know, instant reaction. That's sort of where I'm at. Um, it sucks a lot.
2: Yeah, it how sucks you, a lot. I mean, the, I that, yeah. well, I, you know, I'm worried that he broke his wrist. And if he breaks his wrist, that's that's pretty much the end of it. I don't think you can play on that. Um, but hopefully that's not what happened. It, as far as the hit, I mean, yeah, it looked like McNabb went a little bit off one skate and had his elbow up and concessed off his face. But I don't, I mean, that was sort of he wasn't. He wasn't targeting his head, and, and the contact wasn't there, and and that wasn't what caused the injury, and we're not talking about a concussion. So, um, it's just a really unfortunate play. And I, I mean, I, it's it's tough to say. I mean, certainly they, the Caps went without Backstrom for a while, and and Eller stepped up as you pointed out, and that's great. And the Caps do seem to thrive on adversity, and seem to do better when they've got um that that kind of uh manpower deficiency even to star players maybe especially because of it uh the next man up mentality is really contagious, but I don't know if you can sustain that over five four wherever many more games it takes um that's that's a that's a tremendous blow um you know they did score on a power play they scored four and four but I you know I don't know um it's it's not it's not a death sentence for this team if they don't have him uh for the rest of the series but it would certainly be a a huge blow and and we'd have to um you know we'd have to see what Lars Eller as a second line center would do for an entire series which is much more than we've seen to this point
1: yeah when Backstrom was out right we saw uh and even i think in Backstrom's first game back we still saw Eller kind of Uh, playing with the wingers that have been on the second line um, in the the playoffs so far. But, um, obviously, the Capitals are going to need Kuznetsov back. Um, I I did think the Capitals looked better for a a good portion of this game uh, and were relatively impressive. Um, But then, I mean, the Capitals pretty much sat back the entire third period, and and I didn't think it was like the... Well, the Capitals did still have some few chances, right? Uh Vrana specifically had some chances, but they sat back um in in a way that was different from what we saw like in game six against Pittsburgh, which I'm just gonna keep citing as like the best example of a Capitals like slowing down the play, reducing the number of, of chances each way. Um where Vegas just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. It wasn't really similar to game uh, the third period of game seven against Tampa as well, but Lars Eller is gonna has to be huge for this team, and, and I do want to bring up for for a little bit mainly because we Kevin and I specifically trashed him in in the recaps like literally th- two and a half weeks ago. Uh, Andre Burakovsky has looked really good since he was <laughs> scratched. Uh, I thought
2: you were gonna talk about Brooks Pick. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get we'll yeah. get there too,
1: but uh, you know. <laughs> Like they these people are. I mean, it's great that Brooks orpic scored the game-winning goal in the first ever Capitals Stanley Cup final playoff game victory. But like that was like the craziest bounce I've ever seen in my life. I I'm so happy he scored the goal. But
2: it was like a Baltimore chop.
1: It was like literally one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I
2: mean, how how else is
1: Brooks orpic gonna score? <laughs> I know, right? Like really? <laughs> yeah, that, that was. That was pretty appropriate. And he took another, at
2: least one more shot after that, thinking, "Well, yeah. that one worked."
1: And it, it was a it was a decent chance too. But I, guys, yeah. I seriously do want to talk about like the third line in general. I, I know the results haven't really been there consistently for them, even in this series. But I do think they've done a good job carrying the pace, and they've actually been one of the few lines that I think have generated chances. Uh, obviously, Ellers now kind of playing up in the lineup, um, but kind of what, what, what have you guys thought about Burkovsky and, and do you think he's kind of gotten his game back under him? Uh, um, after being a healthy scratch just like a week ago.
2: I'll take that. I mean, I definitely agree. I think he's been those two, that 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 game in Tampa really energized him, I think, and he's um, feeling a lot more comfortable, it seems, for, you know, from what we can tell on the ice. Um, making good decisions, making quick decisions, not hanging on to the puck too much, um, being in the right place when he doesn't have the puck, uh, so yeah, that third line has been working working really well. That's the other unfortunate part about the Kuzi injury that you mentioned. But um, yeah, that's that's been a real real bright spot, and uh, definitely look for that again uh, when this series comes to Washington.
0: Yeah, for for me, uh, Burris definitely looked looked good, which is you know far beyond what he looked like when he first was reintroduced to the lineup. Um, He's strong in his skates. I think that he has been one of the catalysts for um, a cycle game on that third line that's been strong. Um, So great to see that, and obviously if a guy like Kuzi is out, you need a guy like Burkowski to step up. Um, I'd like to see him shoot more. I I think he's had the puck kind of at the top of the circles a bunch, and uh, been been looking for the pass rather than just pulling the trigger, and and we know that he's got one of the best wrist shots, one of the best releases on the team. Um, and I'd, I'd rather see them just kind of get some pucks on net a little bit more, I guess. Um, I think Burr is one of the guys you can point to who who's had some opportunities that he's passed up these first two games. Um, he's obviously feeling it, so so why not pull the trigger?
2: Yeah, why not? <laughs> hey, guys, I... Um... I had. I was going in a totally different direction, which is that you know when the when the Caps went when we when the team finally made its way to the Stanley Cup final, I thought you know for so many reasons this is just uncharted territory, and in particular it felt like I mean yeah Vegas is a new team, but even if it was an established team from the West, it's just not a team you face all that much. You don't think about their fan bases all that much. You don't. You don't really interact, you know. It's just a couple games during the regular season, and there are all these, uh, all these players that we, that, that as fans, we hated in the prior series. Who, I mean, wh- what do we feel about about Vegas at this point? Other than, you know, coming into it, and now they're the one team that stands in the way of ultimate glory for the Caps. And like, who's the guy? on the team that we all is it ryan reeves that we all hate at this point i mean what's the emotional reaction to watching them now in game two and knowing that we're going to see them at least for three more uh and and where this all you know ends up i, I think the guy
0: i hate them this is gerard gallant for for being so <laughs> good they they just they look so good um just on the forecheck, on the backcheck, uh, through the neutral zone, I'm just really impressed by them, and uh, and and kind of have a lot of admiration for them. Even though as a team, I quite dislike them. Um, obviously, to answer your question, you know, emotionally, the holdovers are James Neal and, and marc Andre Fleury from from a decade of, of misery in, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in 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 Pittsburgh. As far as new faces i mean ryan reeves is obviously uh, a, a good choice um yeah i don't know if anyone has really um emerged yet as the guy that i hate uh i'd say james neal is the front runner mm-hmm. um but in terms of but uh i'm just gonna throw cody eakin out there now that he's not <laughs> uh, in a cat's jersey anymore just you for uh him before. The, you yeah just again. <laughs> yeah he's just got a. you know some people have have hateable faces he's got one of those sure <laughs> he, he to the hateable face store and made a purchase.
1: No, it's got to be James Neal. I mean, the guy punches himself in the face and spends the (laughs) next three minutes on the bench yapping at the Caps and the refs. Like, the dude's a jerk. He's always been a jerk in Pittsburgh and Nashville. I mean, remember, Brad Marchand, like, a detestable, detestable, like, hockey player. Like, but James Neal, wasn't it James Neal who, like, accidentally dipped his knee directly into Marchand's face? like, four years ago. I'm like, are you guys remembering this? I
2: don't remember that, but right, I'm sure you, you guys... Because, because your like, memory is is airtight. Uh, like that, that's really just
0: cultivating uh, uh, respect for, for Neil for me. I, I, I just, I just mean, type in give James Neil.
1: Uh, sorry. Give uh, James Neil, and I was typing in Neil with a K. So that that, that kind of... Neil, get it? All right, bad pun. It's all right, move on. Yes, you, you respect James Neil for his... Uh, Dirty play. I I, I get it. You're, you're a big Tom Wilson
0: fan too, so it works out. As long as he doesn't <laughs> James Neil during the national anthem.
2: Yeah. Right. Oh. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay so, anyway, wow, wow. How many Vegas fans are going to be at Capital One Arena? And is is Ted going to be upset by by the number of fans that are there? I mean, that
0: there's not going to be any Vegas fans at Capital One.
2: That's the answer I want to
0: hear.
1: Yeah. I, I don't expect to see any.
0: Capital One is going to be so red on Saturday. You but know, I just I'm, have
2: to say, I'm so impressed that of the of the amount of Caps fans that have come out to Vegas. And I know it's not that hard to get out there, and the tickets price wise are pretty comparable. I don't know, you know, how easy or difficult it is to actually get them, and how many play, people that live there that have access will keep them and not resell them. But I was impressed. I mean, I heard or read somewhere that maybe 10 or. Even fifteen percent of the fans there, were, I think the, were wearing
1: red. Vegas Business Insider had 12, like uh, the Vegas owner came out and said twelve percent. So
2: yeah, he was whining and bitching about it. Yeah, he, it was he, did,
1: he didn't like that StubHub was selling seats in blocks to Caps fans. They wanted it done, like they wanted them. So I, I guess they gave their tickets to StubHub in blocks, and then so StubHub was selling them, and people could buy them in bulk for like the, you know travel groups and they wanted them all separated throughout the arena to make them harder to sell, or just to make it so people couldn't congregate, I believe was the gist of the story. But,
2: yeah, cry me uh,
1: a river. Cry me a river, cry me a river, guys. All right, so one other thing I do want to talk about uh, as an upswing. Uh, I talked about this with John a little bit like in, in an email. I, I think it might have been one of our, all of our emails that I was really, really hoping the Capitals could win Game 2 for a multitude of reasons, but but maybe none bigger than the fact that we now get two days of, of like, positive vibes yes. and energy rather than kind of happen to, to kind of be be down and, and, and moping about the Capitals being down 2-0. So, do you guys think there's any impact here on, on coming, kind of going into this break with with, with two days? I mean, in, in my mind, the, the most positive thing is just maybe there's, like, a miracle and Kuznetsov's able to play, and, and the extra day, you know, makes it a bit better, but What do you guys kind of think about having the two days off? And uh, we're going to be having that a lot here in in the Stanley Cup Final uh, potentially.
2: I mean, from a fan perspective, it's fantastic. To as as you said, from I guess a coaching preparation perspective, it probably makes it a little bit easier because it's not you're you're not in crisis mode. You're not thinking about wow, well we 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 couldn't win a game there are a lot of mistakes we got to fix now they can focus on okay well we had some discipline issues in the third you know we we let them get back in the game um let's let's focus on a couple of things here but we can all feel confident that we're able to beat this team uh in vegas and so you know we should be able to beat them at home as well so i think it's you know i i I've always said if you have to split a a series that you, I mean, split the first two on the road that you want to win game two and not game one, of course you want to win both of them, but it it just feels so much better to get that second game uh, and come home with it. Um, Not that momentum carries over, but just that it, it gives, I think, you know, players would say momentum doesn't carry over, but confidence does. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a tremendous. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a great. It's a, it's a win. You need a win. You need four of them. So, I, it, yeah, it's certainly good for the for the long break.
0: Yeah, I mean, my my opinion comes from the perspective of a fan as well, which is that uh, I'm just grateful that that we have two days to to enjoy this. Um, I think you know, that if I if if I if I have um, any sort of anecdotal on-ice-related opinion. it's a, The team, to me, looked pretty panicked and, and nervous these first two games. Um, and so now you've gone out there, you've gotten one under your belt, maybe you can take these two days to settle down, uh, you're back in familiar territory, etc. cetera. Uh, but I don't have all that much to say about it other than, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that uh, I get to spend the rest of the week enjoying uh, uh, the afterglow of, of the first Stanley Cup Game victory. Uh, I and uh, as a little bit of a, a transition here, because I want to talk about the fact that Ovi scored. Oh
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I guess, guess that's important.
0: <laughs> well, well, but Ovi in, in his post game, as reported by our, our good friend Isabel Kershudian at the Washington Post, uh, Ovi's quote is that he said he thinks Kuznetsov is going to be fine. Now, take that with a grain of salt, and you know, uh, the players will say anything to the microphones after the. The locker room uh, when they're not busy saying nothing to the to the microphones in the locker room, but you know that's exciting and uh, and I think that maybe we can not go back to the Kuznetsov piece, but I think the moment where Alex Ovechkin who who put the team. You know on his back at times and, and got them to this point got to score a big go ahead goal in this game uh, a huge personal milestone for him an awesome nationally televised moment. I was personally so happy uh, that he got to, to put that puck in the net and uh, and on a more X's and O's level. It was a uh, it was a really nice wrinkle in the power play. Um, yeah, it was. And, and so I just want to surface that moment to you guys for, for your reactions. Right, sorry to take over the, uh, the helm of host there, String. I just got on a roll.
1: No, man, <laughs> I, I got no problem at all. Um, I, I, as you know, these recap episodes are a lot less formal, and we just kind of try to get everything in here. So, um, yeah, I, I was really happy to see Ovi kind of pot one. I still think, God, Nate Schmidt is just shutting that line down at fives. Uh, Who's that?
0: i've never heard of him
1: yeah who's that number one defense uh, i I think I, I i was texting earlier and i was saying it, it felt like in the third period nate schmidt just wouldn't leave the ice like he was just out there all the time so what's the best way to kind of get ov away from him like get some power play opportunities and, and Ovi of course buried on, on again circling back oh great feed from lars eller um you know, that, that, that's a pass that, that even Kuzi doesn't make, or, or Backstrom, when he rotates, uh, when, when they're rotating down there, makes successfully all the time. I mean, it was a great feed, and, um, you know, o, o, Ovi made no mistake with it. And um, I, I guess one of the other thing I want to touch on, we talked about how great Hopey was, but Pepper, it looks like Fleury is, is still committing really hard on shots. Um, which is something I think the Capitals, a team that's known for overpassing, can kind of uh, actually take advantage of by overpassing, because if the guy's going to bite so hard, uh, that one extra pass can can sometimes leave you with the whole net open, as we saw with Lars Eller's goal. Excuse me. Yeah, that's what I was
2: just going to say. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that goal was one where you, that, that was a great example of that. We Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, that That's something that they definitely can exploit. It hurts that they might not have because not to do it with, but but they've got plenty of talent uh, down the lineup to, to accomplish that. So, yeah, I mean, Fleury just so far in the series has not looked like the unbeatable goalie that we all feared uh, or that you know even non-Caps fans thought, okay, we've got Holpe and Fleury, and we're going to see a lot of 2-1 games. Um hasn't been that way and and Hopi, you know I, I, I have to say I, I was not terribly confident that we would see a lockdown performance by only one goalie in this series I mean in this game um, Hopi really I mean I you can't say enough about his performance tonight and Fleury looked um, fairly ordinary
1: yeah, uh, and, and I think that, that 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 continues to be a great thing for the Caps, just because um, obviously goaltenders have a huge impact on the game, which is probably because the all because the alternative. This is maybe because the alternative, <laughs> yeah, <this> is, <laughs> because the alternative <laughs> is the reason that, that Vegas is here. <laughs> like, we're this is our ninety-second episode, which is appropriate given Kuznetsov's injury, but. Um, it is the. It's probably the most obvious statement I think I've ever made on this podcast, and I made a lot of pretty obvious statements. So, uh, if you, one of you guys wants to make a more obvious one, I'd appreciate it. So, uh, I don't have a lot else to add here. We're thirty minutes in, um, and I know I, I know Kevin could just talk for hours and hours and hours because he's on that West Coast time, but you know, Stephen and I have have our East Coast stuff to work on. So, uh, well, any, anybody got some more thoughts? Well, we.
0: we... I mean, I think that we've got a we've got a shout out to the uh, the five on three penalty kill. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, we touched on it a little bit a little, earlier, yeah. but, but but that's the type of moment that an entire series can change on. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, the it, it wasn't like the they were just getting clears. And Vegas continually had to re-enter. I think they won the opening faceoff on that five-on-three. It went right to Holpi. He knocked it out of the zone, and yes. they were they were in scrambles the the rest of the time. Um, and and uh, you know, tying it to the the previous topic, I think it was it was mostly Holpe. It was about freezing the puck. It was about winning faceoffs. Um, just uh, I I think that moment needs to be framed with a little bit more authority um, as something that we could potentially look back on and say, hey, that mattered. That that was where things changed.
2: Well, and the good news, too, going back to the earlier point about confidence and having a long layoff is that we were talking a lot about after game one, oh, that's a missed opportunity, a missed opportunity. And absolutely, the five-on-three is the classic missed opportunity that would be uh, Vegas team will have to sit with for this this long break, so that's that's another another good uh, another good fact uh, going you know transferring this series to Washington.
1: Yeah, let's keep the good times rolling and let's not give another five on three. Uh, we got <laughs> not good. I shouldn't be saying that either. Not my night, guys. Um, the Capitals do not want to be giving up any more five on three opportunities uh, to Vegas, especially. Ones that come from undisciplined play, just 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 to bring everybody back down, so we're all good to go, all right? Yeah. Well, let's keep it calm. Um, hey, just so all of our listeners know, this is we we do not have any sponsors or anything, but Dunkin' Donuts has from our per DC Sports Bog, Dunkin' Donuts free medium iced coffee tomorrow because the Capitals playoff win. So everyone should go check that out if they're into Dunkin' Donuts coffee tomorrow. Being June 1st
0: I've mentioned uh, I mean, May I've mentioned Lagavulin oh in the podcast <laughs> right. a couple times maybe, maybe we can reach out maybe we can reach out to Lagavulin a couple t- uh, uh, for a sponsorship I've mentioned it. them a couple times on, on, this, on this podcast well, let's talk about it before,
1: air. off air alright guys Thank, thanks <laughs> for coming on I'm glad we were able to do another one of these informal recap episodes and this time we got to talk about some great stuff uh, hopefully we can do it again uh, after, after another good game with Kevin back in the co-host chair, or really the hosting chair on Saturday night. So, um, yeah, for myself, Steven Pepper, and Kevin Klein, thanks for listening to this episode of Japers Rink Radio.